you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Hello, hello. We are back today and we are finishing off our burnout series. This has been such a good one. I love having these podcasts because it's something that I can come back to. But everything that I've learned over the last years, I want to say the last six to seven years, I feel like it all came to a head. I've been on this journey of trying to understand why is it that sometimes We can be a patient parent, and sometimes we lose it immediately. The anomaly of that, just, I don't know why. I know it's such a weird thing to be passionate about, but it kind of isn't, right? We're all trying to be the best version of ourselves, whether we're parents, whether we're seeking a greater connection with ourselves or our partners, whether we're trying to build more self-love and self-worth and self-compassion, we're just trying to find a balance where we're not stressing out and snapping and not feeling burnt out. So I feel like I finally have the missing piece. I've been going at this from the Western science and the Eastern science. And recently, because spirituality was my entry point in Ayurveda and yoga and meditation, I knew that there was something still missing, still missing. And because I do the TV segments, I really want to understand the science of stress and learn that aspect of it. And I've been hearing a lot about the vagus nerve, which we talked a little bit about in a previous episode, but we're going to go really deep. The vagus nerve is seriously the antidote for stress. I know we said that meditation, breath work at times, these are all tools that help our vagus nerve get into balance that activates our physiology to actually feel in a regulated state. So we talk about emotional regulation. We talk about wanting this for our children. And really the one aspect as a parent, I can ask every single parent, we wish that we were more patient, right? We have moments where we see the same patterns of when our parents used to get dysregulated and upset. And we see the same things and you're like, why? Oh, why is that happening? Because I have the greatest of intentions of breaking this pattern and I want it so badly. Why isn't it happening? Well, today we are wrapping up this burnout series and we're learning the secret to not only building frustration tolerance, but also how to build willpower and how to handle stress. We are going to learn what all of the things that I've been sharing over the last couple of years with you guys, it's all coming to head here. We have all the tools, all the wisdom, all the science, all the, the things that we need to make the right choices in our life are available to us. And I know I've shared it on this podcast, so you can't say that I don't know where to find it. It is all here. Now, if you want to take the next step and really learn and hone and master and build the consistency, I'm here to support you. I know that's the second portion of it, having the wisdom and knowledge, but then the practice and follow through. So that's why I'm here for when you need that support, that follow through, uh, knowing the right tools to use. Connect with me uh, by email, thejal at thejalvpatel.com, and we will set you up with a stress coaching session to see if that's really going to serve you. And I know that if you're ready to take the next step, it will, and I'd be happy to support you. 
So we like to think that spirituality and science are separate. And from my research into Ayurveda, yoga, mindful breath work, understanding science now, I took this Vegas Nerve Masterclass course and it opened a world of understanding the nervous system, understanding the vagus nerve, vagal tone. What I've learned to be true is that Eastern and Western medicine are exactly one of the same thing. It's just using different language and terminology to explain the same exact thing. And Eastern science has been around for much longer, obviously, and knew a lot of this. But the way of explanation of understanding how the brain chemistry works, that's what science does. So we kind of need to know the two to get a full picture. But let me just tell you, it is one of the same thing. So it's not separate. And if you think about that, science is more up to date, and it's more and accessible and relevant to the times, let me tell you one thing. How do you think all those scientists and all these discoveries are made? It's with human individuals who are tapped into their soul core power, who are in a regulated state, and this wisdom gets downloaded to them. And who is sending that wisdom? Now, that could be up to anybody, but the human mind is just a tool and a vessel. And we are getting these downloads, these ideas, these impulses, these experiments that lead to discoveries are happening what's guiding those thoughts what's guiding those what-ifs and that brainstorming and those ideas and finding the solutions is spirituality there is a higher divine power that's coming through to allow us to have these openings so I share that because today it's going to be more of the science explanation. So if you are a science geek and that's the, the the language that you understand, you're going to really resonate with this. But it's not going to be any different than what I talked about in Ayurveda. There are some other ahas that I got uh, that I want to share with you that I only could have learned through science, which I think is so fascinating. But the reason it's so fascinating is because it's exactly the same things that are in Ayurveda. So we're really going to go deep into the vagal tone and vagus nerve, which we talked a little bit about. And we're going to talk about how that relates to building frustration tolerance. You are going to walk away from this episode knowing what exactly to do when you're feeling frustrated versus when you're feeling disappointed, how to stay out of the burnout zone and that freak out, frazzle, the fight or flight state. So, so far, what we've talked about is we talked about burnout and recognizing based in mom life, how that manifests. So in layman's terms, what do you feel? How does day-to-day life look like when you're in the burnout cycle? We also talked about the stress cycle. So learning how to complete the stress cycle. And we talked about the vagal break and vagal tone and vagus nerve a little bit in that and some exercises to help activate that. Then we moved on to an idea of What is our four daily selfies? So when we are in a balanced state, when we're in our rest and relaxed parasympathetic nervous system, when we are in our safe zone, our peace zone, I like to call it, we're in deep connection to the essence of our higher power. That is the space where we become the best version of ourselves. We are able to be those mindful parents that we desire. You know all those scripts that I share on my Instagram? The only way that you're going to be able to say those scripts in the moment is when we're in a regulated state and we're coming from this balanced space. You're going to have greater connection with yourself through self-compassion. And when you're self-compassionate, you're able to be empathetic to others. You're going to learn how to co- really, really connect to yourself and your soul and create deep self-worth. So you're not searching for it outside of you. 
All of that can happen only when you are in a regulated state. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you ever find that your thoughts go from optimism to pessimism, or they feel about you feel good about yourself one day and then you feel bad about yourself another day, it's not about controlling your thoughts. It's about regulating yourself. It's a physiological response that's happening to us. And if you notice that your emotions are ping-ponging back and forth from freak out to burnout, to freak out to burnout, this is not about changing the emotion and talking it, talking about it till you're blue in the face. Yes, it t- certainly helps, but there's a missing link. And that's how your physiology plays into this, how your brain plays into this. And that's what we're going to learn today. So when we think about stress, we think that stress is bad. That's what we've been taught, right? And I've been really, really emphasizing that it's not about stress management. We are not here trying to manage our stressors. Those are all external things that are out of our control. And that's what stress management up until this point has really been giving us these habits, these that doesn't really help us fully recover from stress. We feel a little bit of relief, but it doesn't give us the lasting relief that we actually need to be in a regulated state for a long period of time. So our body has been designed that our nervous system can handle acute stress. Acute stress is basically the day-to-day up and downs that we feel, right? So our nervous system has been made to adapt to those changes. When you wake up in the morning, it creates a surge of energy. When you work out, it creates a surge of energy. When you're driving in traffic and someone cuts you off, you're meant to handle that uncomfortable feeling. When your child has a meltdown, we're meant to handle that uncomfortable feeling. When something annoys you or irritates you, all the daily pressures and challenges and demands of life, we have been given a physiological system that can handle it. But what you may have noticed, and a lot of people have said this, that after COVID, something has shifted. And it is true. All of our nervous system got a collective blow because we were all in this state in this lifetime of feeling a collective trauma, that long period of chronic stress, of uncertainty, that fear. We have basically shifted our regulation state. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what shifted. So when we have a resilient stress response, it means that we have this balanced state, right? Our parasympathetic nervous system is activated. The prefrontal cortex is on. This is the part of the brain that is responsible for impulse control, emotional regulation, empathy, understanding consequences, making right and wrong choices, being able to be empathetic, This is your higher brain that can access higher solutions. So from a spiritual perspective, this is like your crown chakra and your third eye fully open, right? When you're in connected to your soul power, rooted in your parasympathetic nervous system, in your balanced, safe state, you are fully recovered from stress. You are in a flow, in a line state. And that means your vibration is high. You're able to be attuned to your intuition. You feel good about yourself. You are just flowing. You know that feeling, okay? That is the balanced state that we need to come back to. So when I say that stress is not bad, is that the same response that gets us in freak out and frazzle mode is the sympathetic response every time we take a deep inhale in, It activates when we are passionate about something, when we're focused or we're working out or when we're excited, when we're feeling a little nervous, when we're playing. That is the mobilization energy, right? 
We have something called a window of tolerance, where it's a healthy level of bouncing up and down, where you have that sympathetic mobilization energy. Like when you wake up in the morning, you need energy, right? You don't want to feel completely depleted and tired and like zened out and like, oh yeah, I'm like totally chill. You need some of that oomph and that to motivate you to get out of bed. So what ends up happening is that that activates our brainstem. That's part of our amygdala, that fight or flight doesn't always, it's not always dysregulated, but it activates. So you want to look at it like you have your brainstem, you have your amygdala where it regulates your fight or flight, and then you have a prefrontal cortex, which is on top. And whenever you need that mobilization energy, your prefrontal cortex opens up a little bit so that it allows that mobilization energy. And under a normal, healthy nervous system, after the stress, after you work out, after you give that talk or that presentation or you're playing with your kids, you're supposed to activate that braking system. There's a vagal brake that activates that will help you slow down and get back to the balanced state. So the vagus nerve, which we talked a little bit about, is the epicenter of the mind-body connection, right? It is the vagus nerve that sends impulses to the brainstem and the fight or flight to either activate or not activate. And new science is showing that first we thought that it was the brainstem sending signals like the to activate cortisol into the body. But what we've learned is that it's a bottom-up communication by 80%, which means that the vagus nerve, which connects the brainstem to the colon, has not just one nerve, it has these branches that touches every single organ on the way down. And the vagus nerve is communicating and getting information by your body temperature, by your tone of your voice, by your posture, by your breathing, and it sends signal to the brainstem whether it's safe or not safe. When we talk about vagal tone exercises, we can activate and stimulate our vagus nerve anytime we feel emotions that are dysregulating or we're feeling a little bit off or our mind is getting racy. If we recognize those signs and have the awareness of those signs, we could use vagus nerve activations and stimulation tools to get us back regulated. Now, that's one aspect of it, right? It helps us recover back quickly from stress when we're stimulating our vagus nerve, whether um, it's by the different tools that I shared in the previous podcast or like breath work or when meditation is right, when movement is right, is knowing the right tools to help you regulate because one size fits all tools is not going to work. There's going to be different tools you're going to need um, at different times. So we do need like a toolbox of tools. But here's the thing. So the second aspect of the vagal vagus nerve is that vagal brake that I just talked about, that pumping the brakes so that when you mobilize energy, you'll notice some people, right, who work out a lot, they have a lot of energy, but then they never come back to a recovered state. So what ends up happening is that if you're in an hyper aroused stress state, something unexpected happens, you're immediately going to bump up into stress mode. So when we look at windows of tolerance, you have this bouncing up and down of a stress arousal, a vagal break, and then a parasympathetic nervous response where it gives you back to the balanced state. So this up and down is necessary to help you build resilience. And that's what your nervous system is trained to do because the up and down in life is meant to happen. At the top of this window of tolerance is the emotion of frustration. And at the bottom is disappointment. These are your edges. 
When you notice you feel frustrated, you are on the top edge and you're about to skip into the fight or flight mode. So your unsafe zone is about to get activated. When you're on the bottom edge is when you are on the edge of going into burnout mode, into shutdown where you feel hopeless or helpless. You feel flat and emotionally disconnected. You lack motivation and energy and you have fatigue. This is that realm of like feeling shame and guilt and exhaustion. So the top edge is that anger and the judgment and the defensiveness and blaming when you're in freak out mode. And when you're frazzled, you're kind of hyper and anxious and you're racing thoughts and you're overcommitting yourself and not setting boundaries and you're feeling overwhelmed. So, you know, you those are the edges of like extreme when you're completely dysregulated. So if you're aware, that's why emotional awareness is so important, why mindfulness is so important, tuning into where you are and reaching your edge Because if you stay in frustration mode for too long, you're going to, and not regulate yourself, you're going to, you're going to go into the unsafe fight or flight mode. If you're on the edge of like disappointment and you're not empowering yourself to go back into the balanced safe zone, you're going to dip down into a burnout zone. You're going to feel hopeless. You're going to feel helpless right? So it's an energy game. And when we're in our window of tolerance, we have exactly the amount of energy that we need to be able to ride through this. And we're aware of when um, we need to rebalance ourselves, when we need an energy boost, when we need to relax, we are able to give ourselves that. So like I said, when you're in that peace zone, I like to call it the I can handle it zone. So when you're on the edge and you recognize frustration very quickly, you're like, This is taking more effort than I thought it was going to take. And I can, this is not an emergency. It's like reminding yourself it's not an emergency and you can activate a self-regulation or co-regulation tool to help you slow down and cool down. So when you're at that top edge, you need tools to help you down-regulate, right? So what happens when we start reaching our edges, we start to try to, we feel tense, So our body is getting tense and that's sending signals to our brain that it's not safe. So we try to be in control, right? That's another sign when we're rushing, when we're starting to get multitask, there's, we're trying to control more. That is a sign that we're starting to, we're hitting our edge and we're going to get dysregulated if we keep going on that path. And a lot of times, many of us are constantly hyper aroused. We're constantly in that sympathetic state. So we're kind of stuck on high and we're, going, 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 going. We're in the state of chronic stress all the time, not getting a chance to recover, not finding our balance. And then what eventually happens is burnout. That's result of not being able to um, handle it. We deplete our energy completely and then we get into burnout mode. So how does this relate to vagal tone? Okay. So we talked a little bit about like going to the gym and building a muscle and The stronger your vagal tone is, is the greater ability that you will quickly recover from stress. So think about when you're working out and you're doing intervals, you push, 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 get a break, bring your heart rate back down, push, 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 you use your breath, right? And that's kind of exactly like heart rate variability that's linked to our breath. As you inhale, it activates a sympathetic response. The pause between an inhale and an exhale trains your body to create a vagal break. 
Then you exhale down and that creates that parasympathetic response. So it's the quality of that inhale and exhale that's going to regulate you as one way. And if you notice with people who are in a hyper aroused state all the time, their breath is very shallow. So there's a there's a quick inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, but there's no break. There's just a constant going, going, going. So it's very important to be aware of this window of tolerance because it's a game changer. You will change when you're aware of like when you're reaching your edge, you're going to be more likely to help yourself under the pressure so that you're not going to lose it. And you're going to be able to recognize that when people, other people, when it's your children or your friends or your partner is reaching that edge as well. And that has a lot to do with ability of co-regulation. You know, your energy of when you're regulated within yourself can help another regulate their nervous system too. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the Emotional Immature Parent series, which is next. But I just wanted to talk about a little bit about like that is the importance of why as a parent being regulated is so important so that you can use those mindful parenting scripts that I tell you about. So you can access your higher brain to be able to think clearly and come up with solutions. Um, So co-regulation is through touch, it's through words, it's through um, the way that you respond, your body language. One of the things that we have to, which I didn't know, which I found so fascinating is that you can't fake your way into just into regulation. So a lot of times people say like, oh, I don't yell. Just because you don't yell doesn't mean that you're not dysregulated because there are physiological changes that are happening. Essentially, your, your higher brain is offline. It is not working. So the physiological changes that happen without your even conscious control is one, your hearing changes. So when you're in your calm window of tolerance, you're able to hear the frequency of sound that is mid-level, which includes human voices. When you're in a dysregulated state, you can only hear low-level sounds. And this was evolutionary, so you can hear the sounds of predators. So you ever notice when you're in an argument and you really just aren't listening, like you're not fully hearing what they're saying. It kind of sounds like the Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and you're just waiting for the opportunity for you to speak. Well, it's because you can't hear them. And that's a lot of times with our own parents. Like if you ever felt like not seen and not heard, and you're like, why aren't they focusing and paying attention to me? There's something wrong with me. Nope. They just physiologically, because they're dysregulated in the stress state, they're not hearing you. The other thing that changes is your tone of voice. Notice when you talk to a baby and you're in a regulated state, you have inflection in your voice. It goes high and low and sing-songy. And when you are not, think about when you're dysregulated and you have to tell your child the fourth time to pick up their socks. Will you please pick up your socks? It's a monotone. There is no inflection versus if someone is regulating like, hey, do you mind picking up your socks, please? That would be so helpful, right? You're not able to say that. No matter, try how hard you want, you won't be able to say that. It's impossible. The other thing that changes is that the vagus nerve is connected to the your upper expression in your face. So people can smile, but if you're dysregulated, your eyes are not going to look like they smile. Your eyes are flat. They're like disconnected. Um, and you're hyper-focused on just one point. You can't think outside the box. So... That's why kids can look at our body language, our energy, the tone of our voice. And even if we're like, I'm not angry versus no, I'm not angry. 
totally different. You won't have access to that empathy space or that compassionate space or that inflection of voice if you're dysregulated. So I just wanted to make that little point. We'll talk more about that in the next session, but it's really very important to understand that many of us have been living in a state of chronic stress after COVID. You might've noticed that people have like an over-exaggerated response to certain things. And why is that? It's because a lot of us, our window of tolerance in the state of chronic and traumatic stress, it gets smaller. So if you've experienced any trauma in your own personal life, or if you've experienced chronic stress, your window gets smaller. So say that you wake up and it activates your stress response, uh, your, your sympathetic response. So you're at a heightened arousal. You're not in freak out mode. You're not in the unsafe mode, but then you're in traffic and someone, uh, you know, cuts you off. Because it spikes, it technically should only feel annoying or irritated. Because your window is smaller, you spike above into the unsafe zone and you freak out because, and you have an exaggerated response because your stress response, your stress window is much smaller. And a lot of us live in that space. Like I said, you're constantly stuck on high where you're constantly in the the unsafe freakout mode, or your vagal tone is low and you're stuck on low and you're like feeling disconnected and feeling hopeless and lack of energy. Maybe you're in the burnout zone at that moment. And a lot of us are going big highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows. You go in freak out mode and then you feel shame and guilt. And then you push yourself to do better. You're going oscillating up and down and it's depleting you. You stay in that burnout cycle, right? So if you're stuck on high, it's like the on button is always on. You can't relax. You can't switch off. You get easily startled. You have racing thoughts, prolonged anxiety and irritation. You're on edge emotionally and just you're just reactive and you might find yourself um, trying to exercise a lot to cope or overworking to try to control your situation or setting unreasonable expectations for yourself and trying to get more done and relying on caffeine and sugar and stimulants to get you more energy so that is one aspect of like you're staying in a heightened stress arousal state and at some point you're gonna just burn out and fall The other aspect is that you are stuck on low. You feel foggy and emotionally disconnected. And when you feel in that state, only self-indulgences and binging really makes you just feel like you're just disconnected to your body. So that's your essence of self-care. You're just numbing yourself because you've just kind of given up because of the overwhelm. Um, That can lead to depression, feelings of low energy. Even after you have sleep, it causes chronic fatigue. You find yourself like binge watching TV or isolating yourself or procrastinating. And it's not because you don't have uh, willpower. It's not because you lack motivation. It's just that you have lack of energy within your system. And if you find yourself like going between the highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows, it means that you have a low bagel tone. So you're um, crashing like you're feeling really, really high. And then you crash from fatigue and pain and sickness, or maybe you get migraines and you get a really big low. These are all signs that your nervous system needs recovery support and tools for regulation. Without it, you're going to get stuck in chronic stress, which leads to chronic illnesses. And the reason of that is the more energy that is required to activate your fight or flight, to be in a threatened hyper aroused state, it takes away energy and resources from all the other functions 
functions of your body from digestion to immunity to endocrine system. It all is getting activated and used up. The energy is getting used up to potentially wave off this threat that's not really even a threat. It's like your child is crying because they wanted Pop-Tarts for dinner and it becomes a big deal because you aren't able to stay regulated and they're dysregulated. So you feed off each other. These aren't signs of mental weakness or you don't have willpower. Like I really want to iterate that because this is a physiological thing and it's, it's because of the way that our mind body system has been integrated and how we've been hardwired. And that's why I save the vagus nerve because it trickles in every major organ part. When we activate and stimulate it, we actually return ourselves back to the window of tolerance very, very quickly. And that's why it's the antidote of stress. And that's why it's so important to learn them. And I've also learned, you know, yeah, you know, meditation is good, but it only should be done when you're in this window of tolerance. Because if you do it when you're in freak out mode or in burnout mode, you're going to exasperate and you're going to feel more anxious. You're going to feel more energetically depleted um, if you do it in burnout mode. So it's very important to know the right tools when to do them. And this takes a constant recalibration every single day to have the awareness of, you know, did this conversation dream me? Did social media just dream me? And I've been following along with this and I've been recognizing after certain workouts, ah, I need to rest or, you know, I can't, you can't just work out and then go straight into your day. You have to get back to balance your natural state before you move on to the next thing. You noticing when you need to slow down, when you need to cool down, when you need to downregulate, when is tension building up? Are you aware of these things? And so it really is a constant um, communication with yourself. And it's like the deepest level of self-compassion because you're like, how do I feel? Oh, this is how I feel. What do you need? What do you need to do to re-regulate yourself? And, you know, for many of us, like I said, the window of tolerance has gotten smaller, but the beauty of neuroplasticity is that our brain can grow that we can actually grow our prefrontal cortex and we can actually activate that vagal break on command so that when we notice that the stress arousal is happening, we can be like, oh, break, break, break. So we don't go into the freak out mode. When you're in a state of chronic stress, or if you've had traumatic stress, there are certain patterns that have been created that automatically when you're in a specific situation that feels familiar or you're with that person, you feel automatically unsafe and there's a default mechanism that just gets played and you're going to go into survival mode in the sense that you're going to shut down or you're going to activate. And so a lot of times if you find like, why is this person or if you're with your parents and or whatever trauma, like anytime you feel unsafe in relationships, um, it gets activated automatically. It's not your fault. It's because it's physiological. And the beauty is that with activation of the vagus nerve, with growing the vagal tone and making it stronger through these exercises, you're going to be able to recover faster. You're going to be able to create a bigger window of tolerance so that say something that normally used to make you feel angry, it's now because you built the resilience, you'll only feel annoyed. You'll only feel irritated. Sure, it's going to feel uncomfortable, but you're not going to lose it. And when you're on your edge, you're going to be like, I'm on my edge. I need to bring myself down. And you're going to be able to tune into your intuition to guide you what you need to do to re-regulate yourself. And the reality is that slowing down to live at the rhythm of your own nervous system takes 
intentional effort and consistency and our culture is a push 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 go faster prioritize more it disconnects us from our nervous system whether it's our education system or our social um, norms it's all about creating habits that push us past our limits and so if you've ever had the feeling of like going towards caffeine and sugar and stimulants to artificially mobilize your energy, you can outride that because this is a sign to you that there is a lethargy and you're in that low energy and you need to activate and come back into your window. And so this takes time to build. It's a constant everyday practice. So you can change your brain chemistry by changing your body chemistry and you do have control over that and the cool thing is that these tools they start working within a minute to two minutes and like right in the heat of the moment you can do it and you know incorporating through your day you're going to just be stronger and more resilient to handle things you're like I can handle this like you know when things are disappointing you're like it's okay this is disappointing but it's okay when you're frustrated you're like this is frustrating, but it's not an emergency and I can handle this, right? That's the zone that we, the growth mindset is all about is like, I can handle this and being able to tap into your soul powers and your higher thinking to be a solution seeker and to be calm throughout your life. So after listening to the series of podcasts, if you've realized that you've fallen into habits after being under chronic stress for a period of time, whether it was COVID or just what's happening personally in your life, if you're unable to switch off at the end of the day and relax at the end of the day, and the only way you can do it is by self-indulgence, by numbing out with alcohol, TV, comfort food, and distracting yourself with social media, television, time online, like that is what you do to slow yourself down. There's a sign that there's an imbalance here. And we have to understand the right ways to re-regulate ourselves so we don't get stuck in this where eventually this chronic stress is going to lead to illness. So if this is something that you want to take the step to relearn and recalibrate, I know that we're taught to be busy and to push and to accomplish and to get it all done and to rush and to multitask and we need our Starbucks to get through our day and then we do a really high intensity workout, but then we never fully recover and we feel depleted and then we wait for that TV binge episodes and like craving on that healthy junk food to like make us feel safe and relaxed. This is not how we were destined to live. And it would be nothing more than my pleasure if you want to take the next step into fully learning the practices and to, to have the support to build a consistency in your life. I'm really good at being cheerleader and I really work with my clients to make sure that during the period of time, the three or four sessions, we're working together during the stress relief package of uh, sessions that you're I'm available to you. So whenever you're feeling the dysregulation happening, I can give you the tools um, that will make sure that you can feel the relief, right? Until you learn yourself, like which tools you need when, I'll be able to be that guide for you. And then it'll become automatic. My goal is that you become self-sufficient. You're not going to need me. You tune into your own energy system and you're going to be able to take it from that month afterwards to really be able to handle your own uh, resilience to be able to change your brain chemistry. You're going to be able to change how you relate with others. It's going to affect your connection with your kids. It's going to teach them how to regulate because co-regulation, modeling regulation is what they need to learn this in their own life. 
And it's a trickle out effect. It's really going to change your ability to stand in your power, to be able to set firm boundaries, to be able to know when you're at your limit and not feel guilty when you need to take a break or you need rest. You're going to be able to help yourself emotionally and just be more balanced with your emotions, right? So like I said, this stuff lights me up because this is what we need like in life to be able to function effectively in order to fulfill the dharma and life purpose that we have and to be able to be the guides that our children need so that they can evolve into the best version of themselves at a much earlier age because they've mastered their inner system. So I really hope this serves you well. And like I said, I'm here to support you. So email me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com if you're ready to take the next step in your stress relief journey. I'd be happy to be there for you and guide you. Nothing makes me happier. So the next series that we're going to be diving into is the emotionally immature parent. And what I learned from learning about this is that simply an emotionally immature parent is a parent with a dysregulated nervous system. And what we pick up as children is what we learn from them, but it can change. And we're going to talk about trauma, stress, and chronic stress that we've experienced from our childhood and how that gets carried into adulthood and how we can shift from that from an emotional level, but also a um, physiological level. All right, guys, we got some good stuff still coming. I hope you have a great day. Bye. If you've been loving the Time and Talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And when you do, I love to gift you my seven-day stress detox course. All you got to do is screenshot your review before you submit it, email it to me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tools anytime I feel impatient, angry, frustrated, and I come to them almost every single day. And I promise these are the tools that you're gonna wanna have in your back pocket too. And if you haven't purchased the Meditation for Kids book, definitely do so now. You can purchase it anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Target, IndieBound, BAM, and you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course. If you're a complete beginner in learning how to teach meditation to your kids, this is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.